Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn in your Bibles to John, chapter 14. John, chapter 14. For the last several um, weeks... We've been looking at as, as Jesus begins to approach the cross. We're looking at the last week of Jesus' life before he went to the cross. Um, we had seen how Jesus had met with his disciples for the Last Supper and how he had washed their, the disciples' feet. He had loved them to the end and he had served them. He had gotten down on his knees and washed their feet like the lowest slave. And then Jesus had predicted that one of them, Judas, would betray him. And how how this would be so devastating that Jesus would be betrayed by a friend. And Peter, you know, he stands up and says, you know, I'll never leave you. I'll die for you. And Jesus tells him, no, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And after all that, Jesus begins to comfort his disciples. He comforts them. He he tells them that he's getting ready to go away and he's going to prepare a place for them. As Jesus goes away, He's approaching the cross. He's approaching this time when He will die. He will be gone for a little while. And then He will return. And He was going away to prepare a place for us. He had to go to the cross. He had to die for us. To make a way for us. Last week, last time we were together, not last week, but because of the weather, we looked at how Jesus had told his disciples that because he was going away, that the disciples would be able to do greater things than even he had done. That seems to be kind of unimaginable. The fact that Jesus had walked on water, the fact that Jesus had raised the dead, the fact that he had done so many miracles. And then he tells his disciples, when I go away, you will be able to do even greater things than I. And then he turns and he says to them, if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. Jesus continues this theme about how he is going away. And we can see in this text Something that I, I think it must have been implied before. When Jesus says that if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it. I'll do it for you. Remember, that's followed up with him saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. When we ask anything in his name, we are asking according to his will. We're asking, and and that's the kind of things we have a promise for Him to answer. 
Not for our own selfish desires, but with an accordance with His will. And Jesus says we'll be able to do even greater things than He did whenever He goes away. Well, how can that be unless we have some kind of an enabling by Him? In this passage, He begins to talk about when He goes away, He will send someone to us. He will send the Holy Spirit. He'll send another helper, another comforter who will come and be with us, who will dwell with us, who will enable us to be able to keep His commands. Let's look at our text. Beginning in John 14, verse 15. If you love Me, you will keep My commandments. And I will ask My Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but it is the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, you have spoken to us. Lord, you speak words of comfort. Lord, you tell us 
how you send your spirit to be with us, even though you are not physically present with us. Lord, we have the spirit with us and in us. Father, I pray that you would help us to see, Lord, what is on these pages. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes and open our ears that we might hear from you. And Father, I pray that you would give me strength. I pray that you would give me grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Love is something that uh, we often get the wrong idea about. Our, our culture gets the wrong idea about love. We often, and especially in our culture, we think that love means we give somebody their own way, basically. If you love me, then you're going to treat me like I want to be treated. You're going to give me all the things that I want. And, and so often, love is treated like you never want to say anything that is in any way controversial in any way um, speaking truth. The Bible tells us in, in Ephesians that we're to, as believers, speak the truth in love. But oftentimes, if you say something that someone doesn't agree with, they'll accuse you of not being loving. If you say something that, uh, that sounds... To our culture, judgmental. They'll say you're not being loving. Jesus gives us a definition, a test, to know whether we really love Him. Whether we really love Jesus. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Think about that. He is surrounded by his disciples. He is telling them, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And Jesus tells them, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Let's think about that. He's not going to be present with them anymore. He's telling them that he's not going to be present. And yet, because they love him, they're going to continue to keep His commandments even after He's gone. Even after He has departed from the scene, even after He has gone to the cross, His disciples are going to continue to keep His commandments. This is a test of what it is to really love Jesus. We can have squishy emotions. We can have those feelings of affection. But if we really love Jesus, Jesus tells us we will keep His commandments. We see it over and over in this text. Later on, in verse... In verse 21, he says, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Jesus repeats it. You know, when we really want somebody to get an idea, what do we do? We repeat it. And that's what Jesus is doing here. 
He, he said it once, and now he's saying it again. He's repeating it. He really wants us to get this. If you love me, keep my commandments. The one who loves me will keep my commandments. Then later, in verse 23, he says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come into him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me, in verse 24, does not, lo- does not love me, I'm sorry, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. First, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then he says, if you, the one who doesn't love me won't keep my commandments. There's a real distinction here. Jesus goes on further along this other idea. He said it positively first, and then he says it negatively whenever he says, the one who doesn't love me will not keep my commandments. Let's look back and and see some more of this idea. Because he says the world won't keep his commandments. The world doesn't love him. He says that He's going to send the Spirit of truth who the world cannot receive. His disciples are going to receive the Spirit of truth. They're going to receive the Holy Spirit. But the world, those who are a part of the system that is opposed to God, will not receive His words. They will not receive the Spirit. What else does Jesus say about the world? He says He's leaving His peace with His disciples not as the world gives. There's, again, this, this word the world is coming up. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit And the world is among those who do not obey Jesus' commands. They're the ones who do not love Him. And they're the ones who don't have that peace. Who do not have the peace that Jesus brings. And then towards the end, He says, I'll no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. First, he's telling us there is a test. There is a test to see, is your love for Jesus real? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then he says, the world, this system in opposition to God, this system that opposes Him, the very system that is about to take Him to the cross and crucify Him. It won't receive the Spirit. It does not love Him. And it will not receive His words. So, who will receive His words? Who will obey His commands? It's the one who loves Him. But Jesus gives a promise here. In the second verse, verse 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, 
and He will give you another Helper. You know, the truth is, we can't keep God's laws on our own. We can't keep His commandments enough that we can save ourselves. In order to be able to keep His commandments, in order to be able to love Jesus, we need to have the Holy Spirit in us, dwelling within us. And Jesus says, if you love Me, you will keep My commandments and I will ask the Father and He will give you another Helper. That's all together. We don't want to just stop dead whenever it says, if you love Me, you will keep My commandments, period. It's all a part of the same idea. If you love Me, you will keep My commandments and I will ask the Father and He will give you another Helper. His disciples are here waiting because He's about to go away. And they're worried. And they know that He's about to go to the cross and He's about to die. And He's told them that somebody is going to betray Me. And He's told even Peter who's He's going to deny Him. But Jesus comforts them and He says, if you love Me, You will keep my commandments and I will send another helper. He's going to enable them. He's going to give them a helper. The Greek word there, and it's usually not a good idea to talk about Greek words, but there's not a very good way to translate this in English. It's paraclete. The old King James talks about it as the comforter, but that doesn't really give the right idea because when we think of a comforter, we might think of a warm blanket. (laughs) When we think of a comforter, we might think of just someone who's giving us cheer whenever we're sad, but that's not really the idea. Helper may be a better idea because it's the one who actually enables us to be able to do what Jesus is talking about. If you love me, Jesus says to his disciples, when things start crashing down, whenever the, the, the world it seems like it's falling apart, you're still going to be able to keep my commandments because I am going to put my Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm going to give you another helper who's going to enable you to be able to keep my commands. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Helper, to be with you, how long? Forever. I think this is an abiding promise, not just to the original disciples, but this is for every believer who loves Jesus. If you love Jesus, if you truly love Jesus, He promises to give you the Holy Spirit, another Helper, who will come and live in you and He will help you to be able to hold on, to be able to keep persevering in the faith, to keep loving Him, to keep keeping His commands so that you'll never fall away. Jesus says, because... oh, He says, even the Spirit of truth... He's telling, who is this Helper? Who is this helper that I'm saying I'm going to send? He says, even the Spirit of truth. The helper that He's going to send is the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. He's explaining who that is. Who the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But He says, you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. He's saying... He dwells with you, 
currently, presently. It's a present reality there for the disciples. He's already with the disciples, dwelling with them, and then he says in a future way, and he will be in you. Thinking of the day of Pentecost, whenever Jesus sends the Holy Spirit down on those early believers on the first, on the day of Pentecost, and he comes inside of the believers and he indwells inside of them, and just as he indwells inside of each one of us who believes on him, who trusts in him, loves him. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus promises his presence with his disciples. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Now, he's talking here about the Holy Spirit in the passage, in the part we've already looked at. But I think here in verses 19, in 18 and 19, he may be talking about after his resurrection. He's going to go away and the world will no longer see him, but he's going to return. He's going to raise from the dead. He's going to be with his disciples. He's not leaving them as orphans, but he's going to come to these early disciples. And then he says, because I live, you also will live. Because though he's going away, though he's going to the cross, he's going to die for our sins, he's raising again, and what is he doing? He's purchasing our lives. And going to the cross and dying and rising, because he lives, he tells us, you also will live. It's like the song that we sing. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow, right? Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know He holds the future, that life is worth the living just because He lives. Because He lives, we will live also. Then, He says, In that day you will know that I am in My Father, and you in me, and I in you. Again, I think, when is it that he re- they realized that he was the same, that he was one with the Father? It was when he rose from the dead. That was the proof. He, he, in that day, whenever they see that he's risen from the dead, that he is Lord, they realize that he is one with the Father, that he is, that the Father is in him, that he is in the Father, and that he, he was in us. Then he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. He's sharing here of of his presence with the ones who he loves, who love him. He's promising, if you love me, You will keep my commandments. I'll send a comforter with you and I'll be with you. And then he says, And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, okay, there's a little bit of an interruption here. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, 
How is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? She's asking the question. You know, probably the reason for the question is he thought, well, this is, this is a uh, political thing. He thought the Messiah was coming to throw off the Romans and not to come to die for our sins. They didn't get the idea of the, the suffering servant who was the Messiah. They thought they were going to come in as a political Messiah. And a political Messiah is going to manifest himself before the whole world. But Jesus says, no, it's not going to be like that. The world won't see me. I'm not going to manifest myself to the world, but I'm manifesting myself to you just to the ones who love me. Verse 23, Jesus answered him. He answers this question from the other Judas. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and the father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Think about this. Jesus promises His Holy Spirit to His disciples. He says, I will come to you. And here He says that the Father and Him will come to the one who loves Him and make their home with Him. When we have Jesus, when we trust in Him, we have the triune God living inside of us, making His home in us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Indwelled by the Holy Spirit, We've got Jesus in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Father dwelling within us if we love Him. Then, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things to bring, you, bring to your remembrance all that I have said. This, these verses here in particular, I think, is telling us that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to those original disciples to bring to their minds what Jesus had taught them in person. And as they wrote the Scriptures, they was inspired by the Holy Spirit who brought that to their remembrance, what they had learned from Jesus, and brought out new significances. Think of how many times in the Gospel of John as we've been going through it, they, they, he, the, John tells us we didn't understand what it was at the time, but afterwards, after he rose from the dead, we realized, aha, that's what that was about. John tells us over and over again. And Jesus here is saying, I'm telling you these things now. You're not going to get it. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to lead you into all truth. And because the Holy Spirit led those early disciples into all truth, that we have it written down in the Scriptures. We don't have to have any doubts about what Jesus wants us to know because He inspired His disciples to write the Bible for us, to write the New Testament for us. It's not just His Word, it's the Father's Word, it tells us in verse 24. Then Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. He promises His presence. He promises to send the Holy Spirit. He promises to send us peace. 
the Holy Spirit, having the Spirit within us, gives us peace. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. We have a peace that the world doesn't understand. We have a peace that passes all understanding. When we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, dwelling in us. And when we face all kinds of trials and tribulations, when we face family problems, when we face financial problems, when we face problems at work, we have a peace. Because we have His Spirit living in us. Jesus tells us, Let us not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I will come to you. Jesus is giving us this passage. He's telling us these things to teach basically this idea. He promises us that He gives us His presence. He gives us His presence with us, just like He did in the Great Commission. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He gives us His presence to enable us to keep His commandments, to enable us to love Him truly. Not just with a a human affection, but a real love, a solid love that keeps Jesus' commandments. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know we have the Holy Spirit? Jesus promises us that He will be with us. He sends the Holy Spirit to be with us for all eternity, to be with us forever. And He gives us strength and power to be able to obey Him, to accomplish all of His will. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.